Answer. Do people really think we all trade the delights of touching and being touched for some hobby utilizing yarn? Is there some inhibition ingrained in Americans that prevents us from imagining our parents, or God forbid our grandparents, between the sheets but not asleep? What's amazing to me is not that older people fall in love and enjoy sex and feelings of attachment, says the anthropologist and author of Why We Love, Dr. Helen Fisher. What's amazing to me is why Americans have never figured out that this is going on. Dr. Fisher, who has studied sex and love in more than 58 cultures, sums up by saying that women today, having acquired economic power, have gained social and sexual power along with it. They're picking men from a wider range, she says, and they're doing it because they can. Before starting the research for this book, I, like many married women, had no concept of what the single scene was like these days for women in midlife and beyond. I got a hint one evening in New York. My husband was 3,000 miles away, and I was hungry after seeing a play. At ten o'clock on a rocking Saturday night, the café across from the theater had no free tables. So I accepted a seat at the end of the bar, ordered supper, and pulled out my journal to make notes on the book just beginning to cook in my mind. I was deep in thought when the first young man's voice interrupted me. "'What are you writing? A book?' "'Maybe.' I said. I like to write. Okay, I won't bother you. But after a while, a second young man approached. Why don't you write a book about me? I looked around the bar. It was chock-a-block with pretty young women with plunging necklines and wonder bras to showcase their wares, young women apparently unattached. I asked the young men why they were wasting their time talking to me. They gave it some thought. I knew it wasn't my neckline— I was wearing a high-necked black T-shirt. It wasn't my shoes. They were sexy little backless numbers with a tiny heel so I could actually walk in them, but they were hidden under my stool. Finally, the taller and handsomer of the two replied, You look... interesting. I continued chatting with the two young men because, as I told them, I'd met my first husband in the White Horse Tavern. Your first? they asked. I'm on my second. They played along. Then there's time for one or two more. Maybe, but it would be a close call. My current husband and I married after a whirlwind courtship of seventeen years. They laughed, and then they told me all about themselves, which is what twenty-five-year-old men always do. They tried to persuade me to write about them. But you haven't told me anything interesting yet, I said. Then I listened, attentively, which is what twenty-five-year-old women may forget to do. When I was ready to leave, they wrote their names and numbers in the back of my journal and asked me to call. Given the good fortune of a treasured marriage, I had no interest in following up. But I did walk thirty blocks in my backless shoes and never felt an ache in my arches. I give you this anecdote not to brag, well, a little, but to point out one of the most welcome changes in American society. The ease with which these two younger men started up a conversation with me, and my own pleasure in engaging in repartee with them, began to open my eyes. The more I explored the concept of a seasoned woman, the more convinced I was that we are becoming freer of rigid age norms. At last, older women are shedding some of the stigma attached to age.
and younger men, socialized in a post-feminist era, are more likely to appreciate a mature woman's independent spirit. A great many women are finding middle sex more enjoyable than married life ever was in their thirties and forties, when juggling jobs, motherhood, and what's-for-dinner guilt made for mostly exhausted sex. Some remain married or have remarried, but now freed from the long emergency of young motherhood, they are finding out how delightful it can be when it's about only you and him again. In 2003, an English teacher from Berkeley published her boundary-busting account of sexcapades in late middle age. Jane Juska's A Round-Heeled Woman is her account of a year of hookups with dozens of different men who answered her personal ad in the highbrow journal The New York Review of Books. Before I turn 67 next March, I would like to have a lot of sex with a man I like, it read. If you want to talk first, Trollope works for me. She received a flurry of replies from interesting men and spent the next year having sexual adventures. After some thirty years as a celibate divorcee, she more than made up for lost time in her sixty-seventh year. Unfortunately, too few women are enjoying their sex lives. In 1999, the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, published a startling study finding that 43% of women aged 18 to 59 suffer from lack of sexual desire, pain during intercourse, difficulty in arousal, performance anxiety, or an inability to achieve orgasm. That's about 40 million women. 31% of men also admit to sexual dysfunction. Perhaps most surprising, the problem isn't limited to any age group. Another study found that 36% of women with sexual dysfunction are younger than their 40s, 32% are perimenopausal, in their 40s and early 50s, and 31% are postmenopausal. So aging alone cannot be blamed for cooling a woman's sexual fires. On the contrary, I will argue that it is the seasoned woman who knows best how to resonate with her sexuality. Today's women in their mid-forties, fifties, and sixties are at the peak of their lives. They consistently tell me, and other researchers, that they are happier and more productive than they have ever been before. Why? For one thing, women have a universal marker event to wake us up to the need to re-examine and revamp our lives. Menopause. This natural milestone in the life cycle gives women a chance, even an excuse, to regather our forces and our energy to seize the day, and to say, this is the time to change. On our day trips around Umbria to the lofty hill towns of Italy, my husband and I always found a terrace restaurant where we could sip a cool drink, hold hands, and lose ourselves in the magic of the moment. Inevitably, I noticed, there were other vacationing couples of middling age, husbands and wives, or lovers, who knows, indulging in the same sweet pastime. I had a hunch that there was a lot more excitement and experimentation going on among women and men over forty-five than our youth-obsessed society was aware of, or ready to admit. It was clearly time to extend my ongoing exploration of adult life stages. Chapter 1 When is it my time? My first glimpse of what I came to recognize as a seasoned woman came in a chance encounter at an Oakland restaurant. A popular entertainer who was seated at the next table overheard me talking with my husband about my book. She leaned over to ask what it would be about. 
It's about sex, love, and dating among women over fifty, I blurted out. The entertainer's dinner companion rolled her eyes. She's the poster girl for dating and sex after fifty. The entertainer, whom we'll call Bibi to protect her anonymity, was eager to elaborate. Bibi had been raised in the South with parents who were in love until the day they died. She had fully expected that she, like they, would marry for life. And happily, she had enjoyed an extended sexual honeymoon with the man she married in her twenties. It was in her forties that Bibi began to notice the cracks in their marriage. But it's like you see a hairline crack in the wall in your California house, and you say not to worry. A couple of years later, you notice the crack is now a quarter inch wide. Don't panic; it's a plaster thing. Then one big shake, and the whole house tumbles down, and you say, "Wow, how did that happen?" In retrospect, she understands. Her frustration with her marriage was an echo of the complaint that fortyish husbands used before feminism went mainstream. I've grown, and unfortunately, she hasn't. In Bibi's marriage, as in many more today, it was the husband who resisted taking risks to grow. It took her five years to get up the courage to ask for a divorce. She took that final step a few months before her fiftieth birthday. You must be crazy, she told herself. You're going to spend the rest of your life home alone, watching reruns of the Brady Bunch. But it wasn't like that at all. Quite the opposite, she says. It's been the greatest adventure of her life. The sociologist in me cast about for a context into which to fit this revelation. In fact, even while Bibi was settled into staid married life, a new public square of midlife singles was being flooded with divorced and never married women and men. All the old rules were up for renegotiation.